Arizona sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Matt Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Matt Starks. Can't tell you how good it is to have Big Max around six foot eight. Max Starks, you know, I need the, I need the physical assistance just carrying Wolf through his own show for four hours. So it's good, to, uh, you know. Go ahead and I get get a little assist here from from Big Max as we uh, talk about the Cardinals and what's possible and doable and plausible and feasible. What can you achieve during a bye week? How much change? Oh, boy. What do you think, Max? Where do you start if you're Cliff Kingsbury and the coaching staff here during the bye week? I mean, one of the biggest things um, when you look at the team, it, it, it's it's not heart. It's not athleticism. It's not talent. It's just getting back to basics, like not trying to overcomplicate things. Um Allowing your offensive line to run the football effectively, get more into your two tight end sets and allow them to kind of grind some teams down. Don't make it all about it has to be Kyler. Because here's the thing. When you have a running attack for the Cardinals um, that's that's towing the load, meaning 20-plus carries by non-Kyler Murray um, yards, this team is actually pretty darn good. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like you. I want to say, since Cliff has been here, I want to say if, if running backs run the football, tw- I think it's twenty or more times. You guys are like seventeen and four. Um, so I mean, that's where I would start. Simply yeah. now, I know you've had a lot of flux with everything else with coaches um, on the offensive side of the ball over the last couple of weeks, but that's where I start. Get down, you know, get back to basics. Yeah, you know, for me, once again, um, they got to find themselves. That's what I think, Max. They've got to find themselves offensively more than anything else. The, the opportunity of seeing Hollywood Brown out on the field with DeAndre Hopkins and suddenly there's Kyler Murray as well. Um, yeah, you don't have Zach Ertz. I, I understand that. And um, the running back room definitely looks different. And so does the offensive line room with four backups actually playing out there. But I, I think this is an opportunity to go back and take a breath and look at the fact you got five games left. Maybe the most important thing you can do going into the offseason is suddenly get Kyler Murray into a groove and make make this offense look like it did in the first half of 2021. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree as well. I think I think it has to it has to be you know, a moment of reflection to move forward. Like, okay, what have we done in the past? Own where we are right now with our record. But what? what how can we capture some of that old nostalgia from yesteryear? Um, you know, we have to be able to rise up above this. And, you know, I, I'm sure every guy in that locker room, you know, wants to win. They want to do it. But once again, it comes down to your coaching staff devising a plan based off of your current personnel 
and what you can and can't do well. And that's where you use this by to go back and watch film. Okay, what did we do in these victories that made us so good? What can we do to tweak that to make it more efficient to where we can replicate it over and over again? Um, those are the key tenets. But I think it really, like you said, starting with itself, I think the identity wolf is running the football. You are f- be a physical offense and then allow Kyler Murray to freestyle off of that but work within the parameters of being a team who's going to beat you up physically at the line of scrimmage and run the football between yeah. the tackles and then go from there. Then you it's, expand from there. You know what, though? It's so funny, Max, because once again, that's exactly what I thought they were going to do. That's what I thought they were going to yeah. do, especially in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. I thought they were going to try to go to a lot more 12 personnel, especially with the likes of Zach Ertz as the move guy because he's almost like a wide receiver. He's more wide receiver, I think, than he is stud tight end. And I thought they were going to do that. I thought they were going to take that opportunity to kind of change their offense a little bit and evolve the offense until D-Hop got back. And that never really happened to me. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But it's a tough it's a tough thing for Cliff to frame up at this point in time. You you're sitting here four and eight. You go into the bye. Um, you got five games left. The playoffs. You have a one percent chance of making the playoffs, and I think for the most part, we all understand that ship has sailed. The playoffs are a thing of the past. But what are you going to get out of the next five games? That to me. Hey, is the biggest thing they've got to solve. The brutal reality is, and you're right, we're not talking about the playoffs until you can win two games in a row. Okay, so that, that, that's not the. You started 7 and 0, 10 and 2 last year. The brutal reality is you've lost 13 of your last 18 yes. when you include the playoffs. And, and, and we get it. The injuries have been a problem, have been significant. 77 different players. You have four or five starters on the offensive line who are done for the year on IR. Kelvin Beecham's the only constant, the right tackle. And Max, put that into perspective for us as a guy who played the position. I was talking to one of those backup offensive linemen who told me this past week that you go back three, four weeks ago when they were all new in that interior line, guys were literally stepping on each other's feet. You know, we talk about chemistry and cohesion and all that. I mean, it's so hard to get leverage on a defensive lineman when you beat him to the spot. Now you're stepping on each other's feet because you're brand new playing with each other, and you have no chance at that point virtually. No, no, no. It's the worst game of uh, Twister you could possibly want to play. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bottom of a pile. Yeah, uh, yeah, bottom of the pile. I mean, and, and that, that's the biggest thing. is Because it, it's always like spacing, right? You know, you, that, that's, the, that's what the tenet is. You want it. How do I feel within that two and a half to three feet that I'm separated from the other guy on the line of scrimmage? How do we work with that? Don't start squeezing down on me, you know, because it creates a chain effect. Because once... The center lines up. Your guards are supposed to then line up two and a half to three feet wide. Then off of them, the tackle then takes his his spacing to be at right around three feet as well. Um, and then you go from there. But if one guy goes one and a half feet, another guy goes two. Now, it, now you get into that. Okay, well, if I got to pull, you know, I've now created a narrower box for myself. Or if we are double teaming. That throws off the timing on how we initiate the double. Like so many things cascade and domino off of your initial alignment. And if guys aren't comfortable with that, and then the fits after that, I mean, it's just, 
it just creates that domino to where you can't be as efficient as you'd like. And then also, if you're trying to plan all of these different types of plays, you know, is it a jet sweep? Is it an end around? Where do I go? Tight end delay screen versus a regular running back script. Make it simple. Make it simple. Get some inside outside zone. Use a couple of whammers, you know, and just kind of work from there and then build your offense off of that. But right now, I feel like it's too much stuff, and especially when you have that many new faces and you're having to relay and do a lot of extra communicating with that offensive line because they are new. So they don't, you don't have that trust where I can just look at my left guard and be like, yep. And we just go. No, it's like, hey, we need to have a deuce block to 57. Deuce to 57. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You, no, it's not an ace. It's a, it's, you're a scoop. It's you're a scoop. Deuce. We're deucing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the Patriots come in number two in the NFL in sacks. Only the Dallas yeah. Cowboys have more sacks than the New England Patriots. So somehow, someway, Belichick is scheming it up. Scheming. They don't have a premier pass rusher necessarily, traditional edge rusher guy, but they have been real successful getting home. Uh, we'll continue with maximum football here. And uh, actually, is this it? Is this it, Max? Are we saying goodbye? What's the? I what? I, I I think this is it. This is, I get I get an hour. You, go. you got you guys have me on an hour. There we go. Wolf, Wolf doesn't have the budget to pay you overtime. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Max, thank yeah. you so much, buddy. You're the best. Appreciate My it, My pleasure. Oh, and Wolf, also, yeah. we discovered this, that um, you like to say when you were on, on kickoff coverage unit that it was, a, it was a parachuter without a parachute. Yes. We have determined that that is actually the definition of what a missile is, not a parachute <laughs> without a parachute. So when you refer to yourself, you're, you're, you are no longer allowed to say that. You, are allowed, you only say you're a missile. Something that drops from the sky, yes. accelerates, and blows up on contact, that is a missile. Yes. Thank you to all wedge busters out there. Thank, Thank you, wedge busters. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Right. Thank you, Max. Right. Thank you, Max. There you right, go. Take care. Okay, brother. Maximum football with Max starts. Hey, how about James Jones, son's new president? of basketball operations. How does he feel about the state of the roster heading into December and beyond? Guess what? We'll hear from him next. Calvisian for Luke. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, sometimes you think you know where you're going, only to find out otherwise. Yeah. Sometimes the hard way. 16-year-old punk at home a couple days ago tell me his buddy was going over to Campo Verde High School. That'd be Gilbert Wolf. Okay. And that uh, it was uh, it was more than an hour and a half drive. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't make sense. More than an hour and a half? What do you, what do you mean? He said, no, it's in his GPS. It's taking him tell you it's about, oh, it's over an hour. I'm like, yeah, you sure about that? You better check with your buddy. So it turns out, long story short, the kid put Camp Verde into his GPS. <laughs> he was heading north on the 17. And uh, you know what? Hey, I said, you better give your buddy a call. Can I tell you right now? Going... He's got the wrong destination in his yeah. GPS. Dude. Factor. Dude. Can I also say going north, of course, on I-17. I don't know if you've ever driven up there from time to time, Polly, but I will say coming into Camp Verde, what a beautiful ride that is coming down into Camp Verde. Oh. Wolf, isn't that where you used to park your uh, RV? Didn't you have a Cardinals no. training camp back in the day? Didn't you throw your RV out in the middle there, no, that Polly, field off I-17? Never had that RV oh, out there, okay. Polly, in Camp gotcha. Verde. Right. Never. Gotcha. Okay. Not a bad idea, though, Paul. <sighs> 
So anyway. That was Munns Park, Polly. Yeah, that's sort of uh, my roundabout way of saying, And that's you know, not payola. People look at the Suns and say, well, wait a minute, where are they going with the whole ownership situation? But the state of the Suns is sound. If you look at James Jones and the recent promotion and where the Suns are atop the standings and just the decision makers, right? I mean, to me, I'm going to be brutally honest. Are we in the trust tree on this show, by the no. way? Are we? No, we're not. Bob. When I look at ASU athletics, for example, right? It's not fear of the fork. It's fear the decision makers. I just don't have much belief in the decision makers at ASU Athletics based on the past five to ten years. Now, when you look at the Suns and you see a James Jones and you see a Monty Williams and you are okay, all right. Uh, You know what? The ownership situation doesn't concern me necessarily, especially when they're locking these guys up. And so I think that's a big reason why, by the way, preventing other teams from coming in, pesky teams saying, you know, uh, in in uncertain times, there might be a little chaos there in the PHX. Uh, We're going to come in, swoop in, and steal James Jones to run our operation. Yeah, you know, this is so interesting because, once again, you know me, Paulie, I'm big on strategy. And strategy is the what, the what you are going to do. And it always starts with strategy. You have to have a statement as to what you're going to do but the tactics of it say how you're going to get that done the tactical level is where that gets done that's what's so fascinating about this conversation with james jones and the fact that james jones was answering questions about this yesterday because to me now all of a sudden by making him president of basketball operations and general manager he's really up here at the what part of it to me, the what. He's going to focus more on the what as opposed to the how. All right. Well, before you get into quotes from Sun Tzu, let's just go to that conversation. Here's James Jones, his thoughts on the current state of the Suns. This team's special. Like There, there aren't any challenges um, that, that are daunting to us. Um, if it's injury, if it's you know, external uh, situations, external factors, if it's back-to-backs, um, tough one-point losses, they don't affect our psyche. Uh, our guys all come and they work and, and they show up in big moments. And so I'm proud of this team um, just because I know I know these guys, I get a chance to see them every day. Uh, they don't get a chance to display their, their grit and their resiliency, but they've been able to do it over the first 20 games, and uh, we've been better for it. Will you uh, hire a general manager? Uh, I'm not focused on that right now. Don't need no stinking general manager. He's been doing the That's job no. for several years right now. I mean, I. <laughs> why, why would you not just say no if no, that was no. the answer, though, quickly? No. no. And of course not. What do you mean? I'm, I'm the general manager. Suns have gone from 19 to 64 wins. Yeah, I don't need any stinking assistant general manager or anything like that. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, do you believe that teams take on the identity of their head coach? Yes, I do believe. What about the president and or GM of a team? Because every time I hear James Jones, when I see him, he is so locked in. He is so serious. He is so set on the goal and the path ahead. And I wonder to what degree has that been instrumental in the Suns' turnaround? Paul, I think it's been huge right there. To your point, um, James Jones, I think, and the combination of Monty Williams, this this beautiful relationship that they actually have. I think they're very like-minded individuals, and yet they, 
they have a lot of credibility, of course, with guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And when you have credibility with guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you've got credibility with all inside of that locker room right here. It's one of the reasons why I continue to point to the Suns' chemistry and their culture. It's been this way for the last three years since Chris Paul basically showed up here. It's been this way. They've gotten better and better and better and tighter and tighter and tighter, and that's why the whole Jay Crowder situation to me just blew my mind and doesn't make a lot of sense. Something had to have happened, but I don't want to get sidetracked on that. Um, I want to know how involved Monty Williams is going to be now in some of these decisions that maybe James Jones was going to actually do as the general manager. But now he says he's going to delegate that. Delegate some of these responsibilities to other people. Whom could he possibly be speaking about? Monty Williams? I think so. That's just me. Okay. Well, yes. look, you mentioned Chris Paul. What is the deal with the heel injury? He's about to miss his 11th straight game tonight against the Bulls downtown. James Jones. Chris, is he's close. He's coming back. He'll be back. I, I can't tell you he'll be back tomorrow, but uh, he's he's been looking good, and, and we're still taking the long view with him. Um, from day one, we've said that uh, when our guys are, are eligible to play, when they're, they're available, they're completely available, which means no restrictions, uh, nothing mentally, physically to hold them back. Uh, and so he's getting there. And, and once he gets there, you'll know. Is that code for, I can't tell you because I don't know until Chris Paul tells me? No, that is code for Adam Silver's got a problem. That's what that, are I mean, Suns, honestly, Are the right Suns now, playing on Christmas Day? They are, right? Suns are playing on Christmas Day. I, the reason I bring that up is because you mentioned the NBA commissioner, and you know what? If you told me that Chris Paul will be out until Christmas Day in that nationally televised game... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I I don't know anything about that, Polly. All I can tell you right now is this is a problem for the NBA. The willingness to just sit down. So many guys. Just wait till the postseason. Make a run in the postseason. That's what you got to be able to do. That's tough for a fan that's out there and you're buying tickets for a regular season game. Yeah. What is the injury again with Chris Paul? Was it? uh, It's his heel. Oh, I I I thought it was like tendonitis of the earlobe. Yeah, or maybe uh, like a strained pinky you're toenail. Just being facetious. Yeah. Was it a pelvic contusion? Annoying. What was it exactly? Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now. Hey, the Tempe City Council approved the necessary items for the Coyotes proposed arena and entertainment district to move to a public vote. How about that? So guess what? We're going to ask the Coyotes head coach all about that next. It is Calvician for Luke, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. So, Wolf, last night while you were falling asleep on the couch with a remote control in your hand like you do. Yeah, probably. There was a headline, Ron Wolfley, a happening, and I read, Tempe City Council unanimously approves the $2.1 billion project plan that will send it to Tempe voters during a special May 16th election. We're talking about the proposed wow. arena and entertainment district. It will go to the people, and they will have their say. 
on Beautiful. May 16th. So I'm imagining there's a lot of energy around Cardinals around Coyotes HQ right now. And with that being the case, we go out to the head coach of the Coyotes, Andre Turney, who joins us now as he does every week. Coach, you, you tell us what's the energy and the buzz been like around the Coyotes today. That's pretty good, honestly. We uh, we're, we're really happy, obviously, about the vote, and uh, I think that uh, everybody's excited. We're we're looking forward to have uh, finally uh, the vote of, on May 16, and know exactly what's what's ahead of us and what's the next step moving forward. So uh, it's exciting time. Coach, do you ever talk to your players about this? Do you ever talk to them about this vote, or is it just something you you know they're thinking about and you just ignore it and go on and talk hockey? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, we're we're not we're not talking much about it. We maybe sometimes around the the lunch table or stuff, about right? Not a meeting or whatever. That's I think. First of all, it's you know, for, for athletes or coaches, what will happen in a year, two years, three years, four years, right. it's a lifetime. You know, yep. it's, it, there's no, no, no need to be worried of what will happen in four years if we're not taking care of what should happen today right. and what we have to do today. So that's what our focus is uh, every day. It's what can we do today to be better? How can we be a better team today? on and off the ice, and that's what we're talking about. And there's plenty of things to talk when you you have those subjects. So that's what we're doing. And then when we go in the lounges and stuff, there's for sure there's a few comments, the TV's on, we, we get the news, and the guys are talking a little bit about it. And if there's too many questions, then what we did last year, example, when the player were wondering a few things, then the, uh, Javier addressed the team, Billy addressed the team, or... Uh, we we have the proper channel to address the team to make sure we're not we're not keeping the player in the in the dark or in the, in the spot where they wonder what's going on. So right. we try to be as transparent as possible. Well, you knew it was a big deal last night. Gary Bettman was in town, NHL commissioner, so that was all part of it last night. Of course, you just like to be home, period, at this point. <laughs> when tomorrow night at the LA Kings, that's going to be game 11 of a 14-game road trip. So, Coach, what has this stretch been like for you and the team? Uh, I, I think we're all right still. Uh, I think it was good to be back and easy this week and to have, again, uh, we gave up, we give the guys two days to, to be with their family, to enjoy Arizona, to enjoy the Valley a little bit, to just breathe. I think that, that's, that kind of stuff goes a long way. I think that's really important, uh, to have time here at home to be able to, uh, to, to breathe a little bit because at some point hotel room and be in the row all the time it get it get a get in your head a little bit get your toll on your bodies we we just want to make sure we uh we give those opportunities to our guys and uh so far looks look, so far so good the guys enjoy it and we're ready to go and it's exciting to know after that road trip we'll have the best schedule in the nhl you know, for me, Bear, uh, just watching you guys scrap, you guys play so doggone hard, man. Um, four, four, and two in your last ten games. Where are you guys playing better, in your opinion? That's, uh, you know, it's any sport sometimes when you focus on something, uh, you get better at it, but there's something else who, who, who drop a little bit. I think lately, defensively, uh, on our uh, maybe on our diesel play and a little bit on tracking, we're we're not as effective. But on the flip side, 
we're way more effective offensively. We focus on a few things offensively, and we got more confident, and we, we bear down on a few chances. And uh, we have to be honest as well that uh, Schmaltzy and Chick uh, back in the lineup that that help as well. That is a highly talented player, so uh, that that help. But we score more goals lately. We uh, we score enough goals to uh, to have a chance to win every night. So that's positive. We need to get our special team back on track and. Uh, just a little bit slightly better in our D-zone and keep working on our breakup. All right, talking Coyotes hockey with head coach Andre Turney. Your goalie, Karel Vimelka. Veggie had the shutout at Carolina. He has two shutouts this month. Uh, what have you learned about your goalie? Uh, Veggie so far in the, in the year and some, what we saw from Veggie is when he's rested, when he's uh, when he has time to regroup and uh, be energy, he's an elite goalie. He plays. And there's three, four stretch in a two year span where we 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 have a lot of breaks, and he was not as performing. So that's what we know about Vegan right now. He has uh, we spread in a little bit, starting all of it, and he's just during that month. He, he uh, gives us a chance every night. He's in the net. So, Bear, you, you've got Lawson Krause, who scored 10 goals in 20 games played. you got a 40-goal scorer on your roster in Lawson Krause? Yeah. We'll go one step at a time in the sense of uh, <laughs> the long season. And in the long season, you get stretch where you're really good. You're, you're, you're rolling, you're confident, you're making plays. And there's stretch where you make the same play, but the puck doesn't go in. And there's stretch where you don't play as well. So there, it's a process. It's a long season. Crosser is like a really good player. Uh, we rely on him, but I don't want to put pressure on numbers on him. I think he's a, he's a good two-way player. He's physical. He's tough. Uh, he's very fast. Play really well defensively, and he can score a goal. Yeah, I tell you. And how about Clayton Keller, right? 21 points so far. That's the most by a Coyote through the first 20 games played in a season since Ladislav Nagy in 2003-04. How much upside is still left on Clayton Keller, Coach? There's still a lot of in the way of Kels did not have training camp as well. So, uh, they, they, And they were uh, where, you know, his game was, uh, we'll say rusty in the sense of when you don't have training camp, when you don't play in seven months, there's a few goals here and there creeping your game. I think he did a really good job at being competitive and working at the, those gaps and closing those gaps. And what I always said about Kels, that he's really competitive. He really wants to be an elite player. He's not a player who, who just want to be a, a player or a good player. He wants to be the best player. So he's really competitive and he always work at his game. So that, uh, that brings a lot to the team. Coach, thanks for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Wolf. Bye. Okay. There you go. Andre Turney, Coyotes head coach. And down the stretch they come on this 14-game road trip. Game 11 tomorrow night at the LA Kings. So the arena is going to go to a public vote, Paul. Yep. How critical is that? That, to me, once again, um, this is something I think is going to pass. And this you do. Is, I do. And oh. this is what democracy should be about. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, the Coyotes are billing it as totally 
privately financed, so they'll get tax breaks, yes. Yes. uh, So we'll see. We'll see. And, uh, you know, there's tons of economic impact involved in there. And once again, it's going to be all laid out. I heard even some of the interviews with the Tempe City Council members who said they were a little skeptical, but once they heard some of the details, they said, okay. And it was unanimous. (laughs) It's always about the details. The details, they're okay, we'll put this to the people, and that's exactly what's going to happen in May, that special vote. So we'll see. And it's the last stretch of land in Tempe, so they want to do it right. And so there's a lot at stake. There's Makes no doubt. a lot of sense. I think it's going to pass. Hey, the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest featuring three incredible nights of shows, including the Imagine Dragons. Dave Matthews Band, Paramore, will be heading to the Footprint Center from February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10, but you can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for all the details and your chance to win tickets. Speaking of down the stretch, we wrap this thing up next. Calvacian for Luke, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You've been listening to the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So I had someone ask me about you, Wolf. Okay. Once upon a time, they wanted to know, was Wolf the wedge or the wedge buster? <laughs> I was the wedge buster. You better believe it and enjoyed every second of it. Mm. Let me say we go ahead, Polly, and we bring out this dude who's got a weird face mask and most of the time had a weird last name as well. He'll tee the ball up. He'll kick the thing off and we'll get somebody to run down the field like a mad person as four 300 pounders get in front of the kickoff return man. Four. 300 pounders and somebody's got to go into that somebody's got to take a couple of those guys out (laughs) just the very thought of it just makes me laugh what an awesome awesome responsibility that was the look on wolf's face right now all right as he hits rewind in his own mind to them good old days where he's running down the field you know what let's continue down that path because pat mcafee on his show today actually talked about those days when wedge busting was perfectly legal and nearly lethal there's wedge busters you hear about, the people that would literally run down and then leave their feet face as, like, kind of aerodynamic as possible in spear wedges with the crowd, like missiles going into something. Yeah, that is what the wedge... Two. Gotta take two. They do. So sometimes they're either going into chest or they're going into outside shoulder on one, inside shoulder on other, whatever the case. Running 17 miles an hour, 18 miles an hour, human torpedoes, wedge busters. So certainly deserve a lot of respect in the old football. Too bad you're stuck with me on this show because, uh, man, you and Pat McAfee could have had a conversation today on that topic. That, Paulie, honestly, right there, it really was beautiful. If you you wanted to show a group of aliens what the game of football was all about, Basinonians, if they ever landed here on the planet, and all of a sudden, what's this football? You would have put on a reel of kickoff cover. That's all you'd have to do to explain what football is all about. Running full speed into a man the size of Saturn's third moon. Oh, my goodness. The truth will set you free, my brothers. And you know what? And so will busting the wedge. I'll be truthful. 
I'll be honest. You know, there's a lot of times you tell these stories. I'm like, come on, Wolf. You know, I remember the old Letterman bit, writer's embellishment, right? The graphic would come up on the screen like, come on. Pat McAfee says, no, no cap. They probably tell stories of what they used to do back in the NFL, and people say, it's not. That was an actual (laughs) job. And it had to be one of the worst positions in all football in history. No way. It was not, honestly. Thank you to all wedge busters out there. (laughs) Thank Thank you, you, wedge busters. Why isn't there a Wedge Buster Day? Like, we have every single day there is, like, you know, National Water Bottle Day, you know, all these stupid. I mean, why isn't there, like, a Wedge but Well, I guess there are yeah. no Wedge Busters anymore, so I guess, uh, yeah. That's so this was a whole conversation with AQ Shipley, because AQ ah. is the Wedge. Ah. Okay. So AQ Shipley, of course, was, to, you know what, honestly, AQ, what a perfect Wedge participant. He would have been right there, because he's low. Low squat, build low to the ground. Yet at the same time, he was what three fifteen? I want to say three ten. What do you think? AQ Shipley was? Yeah, he's about three three oh five. Three oh five, somewhere in there. Somewhere sure. in there, he would so, have been in the middle of the wedge. All right. So here's my question, and this is a legitimate question: If you're an AQ Shipley, you're the wedge. I mean, did you have any recourse? Were you, were you just destined and doomed to take the abuse? I, I mean, could you be the aggressor? Yes, yes And actually Paul. deliver a oh blow? Oh, my goodness, I did it all the time, Polly. I, I did it all the time. If you want to know, if you're listening right now and you want to know how to break up a wedge, it really is very, very simple. There's four guys, typically. Some teams had three, but that was, eh, whatever. Four guys, typically, in a wedge. And if they ever bring it back, and you find yourself out on a football field, (laughs) never forget to do this. Stare at one of the guys. One of the guys in the wedge. Let's just, by way of example, say if there's four guys in front of you, look at number two from moving from the left, obviously. One, two, three, four. Look at number two all the way down the field. Never take your eyes off number two. As you're sprinting like a mad person, never take your eyes off number two, my brothers. And when you get about three yards away, look at number three and hit him right in the face. Oh, my goodness. You will not believe what happened. Number two is so locked in because he's seen you do this before. He's like, this crazy mother, he's not going to break stride. He's not going to break. He's going to run full speed. I'm going to have to And he just brace. has to run straight. No fair dodging. Doesn't matter who's coming in. And you got maniacs that are just diving at his head and his body. Yes, you've got maniacs. You've got to sit there and go. He's, and he's going to block himself, Basinonians. Because he's so locked in to you. But the guy that's number three, he's going to be looking at you like, this guy's not even looking at me. Because you're staring at number two, right? You're staring at number two the whole time. Number three's like, he's, he doesn't see me. I'm going to kill him. And as he's thinking that, you're going to hit him right in the face. Right before he actually tries to release all of that energy on you, Mm -hmm. you will beat him to the punch. All of that kinetic energy, you will release on him. They're the wall of the castle that's eating the cannonballs that are coming in there. (laughs) (laughs) And that, Basinonians, great description. That is why the NFL outlawed and prohibited 
wedge busting. And wedges. Wolf's explanation, Pat McAfee's explanation right there. We had a chance in Mexico City to interview the commissioner, Roger Goodell. If he was sitting right here again, he'd be nodding going, yep, yep. this is why I outlawed it. Right there. Yeah, you know what, though? Once again, I'm so thankful that I played in that era. I really am. Thank you, Lord God, that I was able to do that because that just, the brutality of that. <laughs> By the way, you don't get it. You will never be able to replicate that here without suffering serious injury somewhere else. Thank you to all wedge busters out there. Thank Thank you, wedge wedge busters. Yeah, you're welcome, Pat. You're welcome. Quick NFC West note. Cardinals are off this weekend, obviously on the bye. Uh, The Rams are without Aaron Donald. He will miss the game against the Seahawks at home. Rams have beaten the Seahawks four straight in L.A., but, of course, uh, the Seahawks just gave up, what, 300 yards rushing or whatever the franchise record was. So you there's that. You have to wonder what is going on right there, Bully. Right? The Rams, what a complete disaster. Their offensive line fell apart. Their offensive line was decimated. And when their offensive line was decimated, so was their ability to score points. Um, you had Matthew Stafford. He was under duress when Matthew Stafford was out. There's just a mess. Yeah. And the Niners at home against the Dolphins. All right. For Kevin Ray and uh, Max Starks, Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the sports leader. Peace and strength.